Monday was an off day for our White Sox. He had more time to read about all the trade rumors and why Lucas Giolito going to the L.A. Dodgers feels like a sure thing. Uh, Jake Berger has had a third base residency extended, and should Berger just stay at the hot corner for the rest of the season? The Crosstown Cup, or as I like to call it, the Windy City Classic, it gets underway Tuesday night. An opportunity to celebrate Chicago baseball that used to thrive on the weekends is now buried in the work week. You are Locked On White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome back to Locked On White Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen or second listen or third or fourth or fifth. Just thank you for continuing to come back. Uh, we're free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Sox. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search Locked On White Sox. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price uh, guaranteed. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Murawski, a lifelong die-hard Chicago White Sox fan, recording this podcast just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTB. Lockdown White Sox is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Our White Sox will take on the Chicago Cubs on Tuesday. Michael Kopech is on the hill. Catch every pitch of the White Sox hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Search White Sox. State of the Sox, 41-60. and 60. If you haven't been following, uh, you might your jaw might drop. I don't know. You know, maybe if you're checking in on this team, you're like, I know it's bad, but you didn't know it was that bad. Yeah, it's it's that bad. 19 games uh, under 500. Uh, what 61 games left? Something like that uh, in the season. Wow, it's going to be a rough uh, 61 games, especially after August 1st. Uh, uh, Sox had the off day on Monday, going to be starting up that uh, Windy City Classic, which is what it used to be called when I was growing up. And then they switched it to the Crosstown Classic. And uh, so I'll get into some of the details of that uh, on Tuesday with Kopech on the Hill and uh, a really good article on Jake Berger that we'll get to later in the episode. Uh, first things first, uh, Rick Morrissey from the Chicago Sun-Times had a good one uh, just recently, an op-ed and uh, titled in Jerry Reinsdorf's Bizarre World. It's a wonderful life where no one gets fired. Uh, no end in sight to the White Sox's losing, yet the status remains quo for GM Rick Hahn. Um, this is what Morrissey uh, had to write. Just uh, I'll just give you a, a couple paragraphs here. It was a really good article, you know, uh, for me, it got the blood boiling even more. I didn't think it could boil anymore, but it, it, it did. It's just a sad state of affairs. But here, here's Morrissey. Uh, professional sports is an industry in which executives almost always get fired for failure. 
The Sox and the Bulls, both owned by Jerry Reinsdorf, are the two franchises in pro sports that don't fire executives for failure. Uh, there are no other franchises with a bigger chasm between what the fan base wants and what the owner wants. Uh, this isn't about knee-jerk fans or media members. This is about an owner who thinks he's George Bailey uh, in his franchise is the building and loan. Uh, the Sox have finished above 500 just twice in Rick Hahn's 11 years as general manager. Ah. Anytime I see those numbers, uh, the track record for Rick Hahn, it just, you know, it just turns your stomach. Uh, hopefully he talks to the media and he doesn't hide uh, on Tuesday. I'm sure he'll deflect and control the narrative and talk about how, well, just uh, three weeks ago, you know, we were four or five games out of the division and uh, nipping at the heels, uh, first place in the AL Central. And uh, we're just a, a year removed from being a, you know, a year removed from the AL Central Championship. It's uh, it's crazy the way he uh, spins things. Uh, so Han, uh, our fearless leader, Rick Han, who has been in uh, that role for far too long, uh, he will most likely be orchestrating another sell-off uh, as we're getting very close to that trade deadline. So here are some more rumors and uh, I don't know, maybe they're lies. They're just completely made up situations, but everybody's going to spend something. Everybody's looking for clicks. And uh, some of their, I think there's an there's actual, there's actual truth to it. Uh, it'll start with uh, J uh, John Morrissey, MLB insider John Morrissey on uh, Friday said that the likelihood of a Tim Anderson trade has increased in recent weeks. And with his ability to play at second base as well as shortstop, more clubs will seemingly be in on the former All-Star. Acquiring Anderson makes sense for the Dodgers to a degree. Uh, acquiring Anderson would help the Dodgers solidify their infield situation. And if they could find a way to pull off one of uh, Chicago's starting pitchers like Dylan Cease or Lucas Giolito, it would only sweeten the deal. Uh, yeah, I think teams have been kind of hot and cold with Tim Anderson. You know, I think Tim Anderson was a focus maybe. Uh, and then obviously some teams having some uh, arm trouble. Dodgers, another one of those teams that, uh, you know, had to pivot a little bit, I think, with some of the arm troubles that they are having. And they're not the only team, uh, but maybe a package deal uh, is the way to go. Well, we'll definitely be talking more L.A. in just a moment here. Uh, this is from fan sided. Uh, the Atlanta Braves could be looking to upgrade the middle of the rotation and have been connected to a deal with the White Sox, but not. For Lucas Giolito, uh, Mike uh, Petriello of MLB.com broke down several under-the-radar trade candidates recently naming veteran Lance Lynn among them. Uh, and one of the best fits listed for the White Sox righty was, in fact, the Atlanta Braves. Uh, for the Braves, Lynn would be an ideal spot to shore up the starting rotation. Uh, he wouldn't be asked to come in and save the group, rather just a slot in behind Spencer Strider and soon returning uh, Max Fried. Uh, Bryce Elder and Charlie Morton, moreover, the protection from the Braves lineup will alleviate some pressure off of Lynn. I don't know what people are looking for uh, when it comes to Lance Lynn, what they're willing to, to give up. Um, I, I mean, the way he has pitched recently, look, he's going to strike guys out. Uh, he is going to 
definitely uh, he's going to have the opportunity to give you double digit strikeouts. He's going to eat innings, but at what cost? You know, we've been asking him to eat innings because we don't have anything else going on behind him. We've got a roughed up bullpen. You know, we just don't want to blow the bullpen. Uh, and he's been struggling. It's like, buddy, you're just going to have to eat some innings. Uh, he's on pace to set a White Sox record, of course, for giving up the most home runs in a single season. He's at 28. The record is 38. Uh, do you weigh that and say, well, he's going to give up the long ball, but our offense, whether it's the Braves or some other team, you know, we can, you know, we could overcome that. And again, this guy's not going to be the ace or maybe the two or the three. We just want to make sure that we are locked in, ready to go uh, down the stretch. So I don't know what teams are really going to give up for something like that. Uh, not not obviously uh, a top-tier ace. Uh, Bleacher Report, this is from Kerry Miller. Uh, were it not for seemingly everyone in the industry agreeing that Giolito is going to the Dodgers, I would expect Tampa Bay to be the team that channels its growing desperation in winning uh, this bidding war. Uh, but where there's smoke, there's fire, and all signs of late have pointed to the Dodgers as Giolito's next club. Uh, we'll see if that still rings true after Giolito makes his presumed final start in a White Sox jersey next Saturday against Cleveland. It would be fun if he could at least spin a gem against a division rival on his way out of town. And this is from the Dodgers' perspective. Uh, the market is still developing as there are a number of teams still on the fence, but we expect that to crystallize more in the next week, said Andrew Friedman. Uh, the Dodgers is president of baseball operations. Uh, we will be aggressive in our efforts to add to this roster, and there are different, obvious, and potentially creative ways to do so. Uh, so the L.A. farm system, one of the top farm systems, if not top three, definitely top five in all of baseball. Uh, you've got guys like Diego Cartea, uh, ranked 19th uh, in terms of all prospects uh, across MLB. Uh, would be a great catcher to add. I don't know if, what they're gonna if they're willing to part with him. I think you'd have to package some guys up, of course. Uh, second baseman Michael Bush ranked 34th. Uh, catcher Dalton Rushing. LA's got some catchers that we could use. Uh, he's ranked 47th. Right-hand pitcher Gavin Stone 49th. Uh, outfielder Andy Pajas. Ranked 54, uh, Nick Frasso, uh, a right-handed pitcher, ranked 63rd. Uh, and then Emmett Sheehan uh, falls in at 72. And there's a few others that top off the top 100. The point is they've got a deep farm system. Uh, we've talked about it several times on uh, this podcast, and I'm sure you have heard about L.A. and have read about L.A. over the last few weeks and, and what they uh, are coveting and what they could give up for Lucas Giolito. Uh in The Athletic, Tim Britton had a recent article about trade comps. You know, we throw around all of these different names and say, well, you know what, maybe we should trade that or maybe we should go after this person. Or, But is it a fair, uh, equal trade for both teams? That's where it's very difficult. You know, what other teams are going to be giving or have available for the Chicago White Sox? So. Uh, Tim Britton did a bunch of comps uh, for different players, and uh, the only White Sox player mentioned was, of course, Lucas Giolito, and this is what Britton had to say. Uh, contract status owed $3.5 million through the end of the season, then a free agent. Uh, Giolito, of course, 6-6 six and six with a 3.96 ERA, 25.2% strikeout rate. Uh, he's got 
a 1.3 war in 116 innings. The comp that Britain used is Kyle Gibson from 2021. In Britain's write-up, it's more difficult than expected to find a good comp for Giolito or Detroit's Eduardo Rodriguez, for that matter, who I'd rank as more appealing than Giolito, a pitcher who had uh, with an established floor but some potential to hit a higher ceiling who isn't yet 30. The Gibson comp works in some ways and doesn't in others. Gibson had made the 2021 All-Star team and was in the midst of a career year, but one inevitably ended for regression. The right-hander did offer an additional year of team control. The Phillies acquired Gibson, reliever Ian Kennedy, and prospect Hans Cruz, recently a top 100 prospect, in exchange for one of their top prospects, Spencer Howard, a current top 100 prospect, Josh Gesner, rookie ball pitcher, and Kevin Gowdy, a A ball pitcher. The White Sox could try to bring back a better individual prospect the way the Rangers did by packaging Giolito with additional players. So uh, just going back to that previous little blurb, uh, how a package deal could work because LA is looking uh, for some infielders and for some arms and even relievers, not just starters. Uh, We have that. L.A. wants it, and I feel like they've got the farm system uh, to play ball. Jake Berger has made the most of his chances, but still has a lot to learn. Maybe he should stay at third and continue to grow. Uh, More on that uh, in a moment. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Uh, Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Uh, With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, uh, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Game Time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Our Chicago White Sox face off against the Northsiders on Tuesday. Catch every pitch of the White Sox hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Search White Sox. Uh, a good Jake Bar- Berger uh, article by Daryl Van Scoven in the Sun-Times on Monday. Uh, Van Scoven wrote, uh, in this train wreck of a 19 games under 500 White Sox season, Jake Berger is keeping his game on the rails. While far from a finished product, Berger is enjoying uh, an emergence in his first full season, wielding uh, a valuable power bat. Uh, Berger is batting 214, 270, 504, going into the Sox two game series against the Cubs, a team he is six for 13 against with a home run in three games. It's far from a head turning hitting line, but Berger's 774 OPS and 107 OPS plus ranked third on the team behind Luis Robert Jr. and Aloy Jimenez. What's more, Berger's 21 home runs ranked second. 
But better yet, his average of one homer every 12.71 at-bats is second in the American League to Shohei Otani for batters with a minimum of 275 at-bats. I know we have Yoan here, said third base and infielders coach Eddie Rodriguez, uh, but Jake's bat plays. So to get his bat in the lineup, you have to get creative. Is that second base an exploratory thing? It sure is, because what he's done at third base starts translating to anywhere on the field, then we really have something. I'm definitely very proud of where I got to defensively and offensively, Berger said. It's one of those years where I got a lot of information on myself and learned a lot about myself. It gives me a, a look, uh, gives me a looking forward mentality of I'm proud of what I accomplished after not making the team out of camp. I still can't believe that and where he has come today. It's a stepping stone season. Some areas I need to clean up and polish. The possibilities are limitless, in my opinion. Uh, Berger's focus at the plate is not expanding the strike zone, laying off pitches he shouldn't swing at, and taking walks when presented. Uh, it excites me when I start talking about that stuff, Berger said, with my injury history and the adversity I dealt with, I get more excited about conquering a new feat for sure. So look, uh, there's no secret there. D Jake Berger has got to figure out a way to lay off pitches. Far more plate discipline. I mean, he swings. I mean, he's a free swinger, you know, and I think that goes for a lot of White Sox hitters. Something that I thought was going to be looked at, going to be corrected. I, they were going to be better uh, at that. Uh, heading into the season, that was the focus. And then I have not seen any progression, really. I guess Luis Robert Jr., he's gotten a little bit better uh, in, in knowing what he can do with what pitch and trying to lay off. But it's still, you know, it's tempting. Uh, big league pitching is difficult. Uh, and Jake Berger, you know, he said it last year when he went on one of those runs. And he said, look, playing, playing more and more, you get more comfortable. That's obvious. The more playing time you have, the more comfortable you're going to be. It's very difficult to all of a sudden come off the bench uh, after sitting around for four or five days and be asked to you know, play at a high level, uh, pinch hit in, in clutch situations. I mean, the, the good ones can do it, and, and they do it well. And that's why their services uh, are requested and sustained. Jake Berger, you know, he's getting that residency, a residency that I didn't think he was going to get at the beginning of the year. He didn't think so, I'm sure. There were a lot of folks that were, I was a little surprised, you know, he didn't make it, but Hanser Alberto, Hanser Alberto was Mr. Cactus League. Uh, what a spring he had. I mean, that, that name, just saying that name, it, that seems like forever ago, the Hanser Alberto experiment. Uh, and then you guys had like guys like Romy Gonzalez and, you know, uh, and, and Jake Berger seemed pretty one dimensional. Like we needed his bat, but his defense was kind of a liability. And, you know, we didn't know where else we were going to put him. I don't know if second base is really uh, the place for him with the amount of range that you need. You've been seeing him playing a little bit of first base. Uh, but look. Jake Berger's defense is not giving the Sox uh, the nightmares. You know, the, the, he is not the reason why we are not able to and have not been able to uh, get on a hot streak and, uh, you know, have the type of season we all wanted. Not at all. I mean, it's all the other stuff that's been going on. And, 
yeah, he needs to definitely, uh, you know, tighten things up. Maybe he needs to take his swinging down from a 10 to an eight to use some of Griffol's terminology with the boom box and everything. Turn the volume down a little bit on your approach at the plate. Uh, but the results have been there uh, and he's been an exciting He's been one of the excitements, uh, especially with his home runs. And he, he was clutch. There was some stretches where it's like, wow, Jake Berger, you just cannot be stopped. He wanted to be in the home run derby, and he probably could have had an opportunity to do it. Uh, that would have been fun to see. So I like what I've seen from him defensively. He's gotten better, uh, but I don't see a future beyond third base. Maybe first, uh, but so my – so what I'm trying to, I guess, get to in talking this out is Yohan Mankata seems really banged up. It, it seems like they are just forcing him to somehow come back or maybe Mankata is forcing the White Sox to continue to give him a shot. It seems like it is surgery uh, for Yohan Mankata. Like that's what it really should be from all the information that we're getting. We're not getting a ton of information. Uh, and this can keeps getting kicked down the road and, and Berger's residency is going to continue and continue. So why not just make this permanent and say, you know what? Burger's our guy, you know, shut Mankata down. They're 19 games under 500. Get Mankata the help he needs physically. If that's the surgery, get him the surgery. But why rush him back? Why bring him back? Let Berger continue to hone his skills to see what maybe we have with Jake Berger moving forward. It gives teams another look potentially at him if the Sox are saying, you know what? We're definitely going to put Mankata back in at 2024. Uh, we think we can move Berger. You know, there are teams that are asking about Jake Berger in the offseason. We might be able to package Jake Berger with somebody else. I'm not saying that's the right thing. That could be something that the Sox are, are toying with. Uh, but I, I like to see Jake Berger throughout the – just leave Jake Berger there. If Mankata is truly banged up, just continue the Jake Berger experience. White Sox and Cub games used to be an electric affair, only suitable uh, for a summer weekend. But this year, it's the distraction of your Tuesday and Wednesday evenings. Uh, more on that in a moment. Sox host the Cubs. Kyle Hendricks against Michael Kopech on Tuesday. Michael Kopech with an ERA of 0.00 and eight strikeouts and four appearances against the Cubs in his career. That's promising. Uh, Kopech has made three relief appearances against the Northsiders in one start. Uh, that start came last year in May uh, in Wrigley. Four innings, four hits, zero runs, two walks, five strikeouts. Kopech has a 4-8 record with an ERA of 4.29 and 102 strikeouts in 18 appearances this season. Last time we saw Michael Kopech was last week against the New York Mets. Uh, five and two-thirds, two hits, one earned run, four walks, uh, five strikeouts. This is what Kopech said after that outing. Getting ahead of guys was the game plan all along. Uh, after uh, he tossed 89 pitches in that outing. Uh, today, I was able to execute that. Still a few too many free bases, uh, but I let the offense do what they did today. So that, that has been an issue for Michael Kopech. Walks. Uh, he just somehow just does not have that repeatable motion. Uh, you'll, see, you'll see his fastball fly out of the zone. Feels like he doesn't have control over his pitches uh, on a regular basis. 
you know, we see flashes and then there's just, he, it just seems like something slips out of gear and, and he's all over the place. That's got to get cleaned up. You know, it sounded like he was gassed at the end of that outing five and two thirds. It's because his outings haven't been very long over the last five, six starts. Uh, so all eyes will, for me, will be on Michael Kopech. Uh, you know, he did get some offensive help against uh, when he faced off against Quintana and they won against the Mets last week. Uh, so we'll see what the Sox have in store coming home, defending uh, their home turf against the North Siders. Uh, yeah, this used to be, you know, made for TV. This was, I was talking about this uh, with my co-host Pat Hester on the most recent Good Guys Talk Back episode where, you know, as something in our, in our early 20s, if someone had access to Sox tickets, it would be like, give me the White Sox Cubs series. That's what I want. I mean, both teams were pretty lousy, you know, and that was bragging rights with your friends, your coworkers, family members, you know, whatever it may be wanted to get to those games and they were heated. Uh, I mean, fights breaking out constantly uh, in the, in the stadium, even in the tailgates. I mean, it was wild. Uh, and they were usually always on the weekends. It was the summer. I mean, they'd have like a, a three o'clock start. You'd be tailgating, you know, as soon as possible when you woke up that day. So things were wild. They always were having it on a Tuesday and Wednesday night. I guess that uh, defines where, uh, Chicago baseball is right now. Although the Cubs, you know what, three, four games under 500, uh, six or something back in their division. Maybe that's where I thought the, the Sox would be right now, you know, hovering around that 500 mark, uh, but not the case. So hopefully the Sox bounce back, defend uh, the South side and, and beat the Cubs on Tuesday. Thanks so much for making this podcast part of your daily routine. You can find the Lockdown White Sox podcast absolutely everywhere. You find your podcast uh, we're on Twitter at Lockdown Socks. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTB. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, any questions or comments you have, get them in to LockdownSocks at gmail.com for maybe a future mailbag episode. White Sox take on the Cubs on Tuesday. Catch every pitch of the White Sox hometown broadcast on SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search White Sox. Hey, thanks for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen every day. And hey, everydayers, you know who you are. I, I really appreciate it. What a season it has been. Uh, and, you know, I've heard from so many of you over the year and uh, the consistent YouTube comments, which I, I really appreciate, you know, the emails at LockdownSox at Gmail, the stuff on, on Twitter or on X, whatever we're calling it now, on social media. Uh, it really means a ton. You know, it's been it has been difficult, as I know you have felt it uh, talking about this team, listening to this team, watching this team on a regular basis. So thank you so much uh, for coming out uh, all the time and supporting. On the next episode, I will recap Michael Kopech's outing and hopefully be celebrating a White Sox winner. Appreciate you making time for the Lockdown White Sox podcast. I'm Nick Morawski. Until next time, go Sox. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. 
How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.